Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. This week, we are here with a topic close to the uh, the heart of the two hosts who are, are here tonight. But before we get into too much, I don't want to forget, I want to thank the Grinding Coffee Company before we get going. They are a great uh, partner that's been supporting us for a while. They like to support gamers. They're a LGBTQ uh, minority-owned coffee company that helps keep Hobbs fueled with all of his coffee needs. And as he is not here, uh, I am doing the intro and actually remembering this week to to thank them because they are great partners who've been working with us for years. They work with a lot of folks and we are very um, flattered that they are working with us and have been working with us for, for this whole time. So this week, we are going to talk about uh, something kind of in the news and relevant to magic right now, uh, anime. Because there was some uh, anime cards in Eldraine, and they've done this a few other times, and also uh, Tay and I really uh, enjoy some anime. So that is what we're here for. Uh, I'm Alex, found on Twitter at uh, Mel underscore Chronicler for now. I don't know when my exit plan is, but it'll happen at some point, I'm sure. And for an opening question, I think we were going to uh, say what character we wanted to thought would be fun to have an anime treatment as we'll we'll kind of talk through the episode. A bunch of characters have already kind of gotten that treatment. And one that I would like to see very personal to me would, would be Zada. Zada is one of my main commander decks at this point. Started as a smaller thing that I kind of built as part of an experiment for a little format the local Minneapolis group did here called Dollar General, where every card had to be less than a dollar. And Sada was a cheap commander at that time. So it's around when that, uh, that set had come out and it was a fun, like token centric thing. And most of the best cards in Zada are cheap combat tricks, which are great. And so I had a lot of fun with that deck, but over the years that has really become one of my my favorite decks and one of the most important decks to me and so it'd be really nice to have that cool um anime treatment for for my commander there Taya, how about yourself yeah i am Taya. uh pronouns are she her they them uh Taya transcends on twitter uh i refuse to call it x i am not going to do that no matter how much elon musk throws a fit about it or um also Taya transcends on blue sky and I want, I want an anime Atraxa. Uh, she would make such a cool-looking <laughs> character in an anime style. I mean, she already has such a cool, you know, sort of like anime villain look. And just a little bit of tweaking on there, I think, would make a pretty awesome card. Yup, I, I agree. That, I hadn't even thought of Atraxa. That's such a good pick. All right. Yeah. There's a lot of potential, a lot of ways you could go with the Traxa on a card. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, do you want to talk about the, maybe, maybe we start with the Seldrane stuff, like sort of be relevant to current events? Yeah. So kind of, we, we, needed, a, we needed a backup topic uh, real quick today because uh, Hobbs, unfortunately, is dealing with some sick children and our original plan was to have a guest on tonight, which we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be rescheduling. So I'm like, why don't we just talk? Um, you know, I know Alex loves anime. I love anime. Let's talk anime. And 
this kind of came up because of the uh, anime cards that have been spoiled from Eldraine so far, which look absolutely freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's not the first time they've done anime either. Um, they've done it previously. They, they've done well. They started the first one that they did any anime for was a Shonda versus Jace uh, dual deck version that was in Japanese only, uh, and they did uh, anime for the uh, face cards, uh, which they made Chandra look like she's about twelve in her art for that dual deck. But yeah, I, it's, yeah, and uh, that. I looked at it. We were trying to remember, and then I realized, hey, we have the Google. I could just look up when this came out. 2008. Yeah. When that released. November 2008. You know, the art on these ones that they have previewed for Eldraine is just so good. And the the cards they're coming on are just all commander staples. It's like Rhystic Study, Necropotent, Smothering Tithe, Aggravated Assault, Doubling Season. It's... Yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm looking at this uh, Greater Oromancy art by May Okamu right now. I, I think I, I'm not sure if I got that last name right now, but Maya Okamu. But it, this art is just beautiful, and it got me thinking. You know what? It's like I love seeing this art style in Magic, and personally, I'm a big fan. Um, I'm love including these in my decks. So I will be happy to get more. I loved it when they did the full set of anime planeswalkers uh, for War of the Spark. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at the the Eldrain ones, like the the doubling season by. Uh, let's see if I can pronounce this. Uh, Kemo Ono Michi looks like. I love this because it's got like a goose hydra on top of some golden eggs. Yeah. Which is evocative, at least as a, as a Western audience, sort of the golden goose story from sort of, I don't know that that's actually grim, but that's sort of a nursery tale, fairy tale sort of thing. And so I don't know if that is, was part of the inspiration or if there is something similar to that in a Japanese origin, but that was really, that's a cool thing to see especially in Eldraine which has some of that sort of European fairy tale Grimm's sort of inspiration yeah it's uh it's really cool I am that that definitely says doubling season to me this oh yeah goose monstrosity yeah and then I I see aggravated assault and it it makes me think of uh Oh, now I can't think of the name of the series. It has like 15 reboots and a friend of mine keeps trying to get me to watch it with Unlimited Blade Works. Was that was the subtitle of one of the series and now I'm blanking on what the actual. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. It's a huge thing in anime, but this feels very stylistically in that sort of. Uh... Mm. It's kind of like the Fate series. Fate, like, yes, yeah, thank so you. It looks a lot like the Fate series. There's Fate, yeah. This very, at least as as someone who is cursory familiar with it, I've watched a couple of the series. A friend of mine's very yeah. into it, and I look at this and I go, "Yeah, that that could be a Fate character." Yeah. So I, uh, I'm thinking that might need to replace my promo aggro or my uh, 
invocation aggravated assault in my Rakdos deck, which it has the it has the great upside of actually being legible. Unlike, <laughs> unlike those, invocation yeah. One. Yeah, some of those invocations, I really like the structure of those. Wow. I really don't like how illegible so many of them are. But yeah, this is what six of the sixty-three. So we've got a lot to look forward to. And uh, oh no, here we go. Of the sixty-three, twenty of them will have anime. Okay, so we have yeah. six of the twenty anime cards. Yeah, I need this Necropotence. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. That this might be my so favorite good. all-time art for Necropotence. And there have been some real killers. The one that came out in the thirtieth uh, anniversary, like Advent Calendar thing, was amazing, but. I think this might even top that for me. This is this is my kind of anime aesthetics for you know the the necromancer uh, look is just they nailed it there. Yeah, that just is so good. And the Ristic Study, uh, I will take as many Ristic Study arts that aren't Therese <laughs> Nielsen as possible. Mm-hmm. And this one is just it's beautiful with this underwater scene on it this merfolk so yeah these are gonna be great i i'm excited they're doing this this thing again they did it in strixhaven with the uh they had the japanese alt arts that those ones were only available in japanese which makes me sad to play be like i can never remember what the damn cards do unless it's like demonic tutor which that one i can always remember but the other ones it's like, and they, they printed a couple of cards. There was like two or three cards that were like green and one. And I can't remember, I can't tell them <laughs> apart. <laughs> Which green and what is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just from the art. So I'm glad they're printing English versions of these this time. Uh, they are going to have Japanese versions in the Japanese packs, but we're getting English, English versions, thankfully. Uh, but I do love my Japanese demonic tutor from the uh strixhaven yeah that's that's a cool one yeah and like i some of the other anime cards like my one of my favorites is got to be the burgeoning from Mm -hmm. uh the the secret layer burgeoning oh yeah i like i put burgeoning in my zyra deck because i wanted to run this art (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it it's a solid card I was thinking about putting in the deck to begin with, but I was a little on the fence and then they previewed this and it's like, I'm buying that box and that card goes in. Now I just need to find the cut. Yeah. Yeah. That art is that, that one's in my K and T deck. It's so good. So kind of talking like magic and anime is kind of, like I said, brings, and I, I'm just looking at this list again. I'm getting sidetracked because I, I'm looking at this art for this cat token again and this cat person. I'm just like, <laughs> why do they never release the tokens here? They're only available in the Asian markets. And I want this cat token so bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, learned it today. I, I learned today that uh, Scryfall has an anime take. <laughs> which yeah. is very nice for for scrolling through for this episode but also like uh like Taya saying there's there's tokens in there too in addition to the actual cards and some of yeah. them i've never seen before and they look awesome it's it's not complete but it is 
It is very cool. Yeah, the, the tokens especially. There are some. I there are tokens in here I have never seen before, and there are some sweet ones. Yeah, and there's that Shadowborn Apostle you you mentioned before the show. I also have never seen that. That is yeah, nice. <laughs> so kind of ooh, right. the tragic slip. I haven't seen that one before either. Oh, and the flavor text on this tragic slip is beautiful too. That's the okay, that's a Jumpstart Twenty Two one. Oh yeah, that I remember that coming out and people talking about it, but I have not really. She never would have guessed her those. last word would be "whoops." It's one of my favorite removal spells too. So I'm. It's a good one. Oh, and there's a Kiki Jiki in that set. Yeah, the anime treatment. So yeah, so kind of going from magic to just talking anime, and I know you did the oh, yeah. you did the portal episode a while ago, which mm-hmm. was before I started. But I I listened to that episode, and I was just like, why didn't you have me on for this episode? I know, <laughs> I know. I I think I want to say that was a maybe that wasn't a short. It's one I was kind of I don't know. Definitely should have had you on. We absolutely should have had you on yeah. for that episode because I. I love anime, especially isekais. I have watched too many of them. Mm-hmm. They've made too many of them, I think, to the point where <laughs> I don't know if you're watching the current season on Funimation, but they've released one that's like, I've been reincarnated as a vending machine and now I wander the dungeon. I haven't, but I keep hearing about that one, so I need to I watch that one. Definitely, they have uh, run out of ideas for new isekais at this point. Yeah, and uh, it's it, it's one of my favorite trends. I think I say I say favorite, knowing I haven't actually dealt with the full brunt of it. But there's sort of the the names get longer and more absurd. Because this is just the trend now. We, we're making fun of how long and absurd the names are by making a longer and more absurd name. Yes. And then the we've run out of ideas to make an original Isekai, so we're just going to do something even more ridiculous than the yeah. last thing. And that uh, is kind of a good culmination there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how they're going to top this one. I've watched the first two English episodes while enjoying legal substances in, in Washington. <laughs> and uh, I have to say I would recommend watching the show that way because it's the only way I can imagine getting through watching. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. I'm trying to think who I know I was talking to somebody about about anime recently and they mentioned that show and I'm like, all right, I know I heard it. I heard about it before it came out and I haven't watched any of it and I, I I need to at least give it, it, a, it is, an episode. It is as ridiculous as the premise sounds. I, I, 15 minutes into the first episode, I'm like, I do not know how they are going to make a whole season out of this, but <laughs> but I am curious enough to watch and find out. And I don't know what that says more about me than the anime. I, it, it's This is definitely a watching a train wreck for me. <laughs> okay. See, and, and I, I haven't watched that, so I don't know. But I, I think a, another trend I'm enjoying is the earlier, some of the earlier, like more isekai things as these sort of genres started to, at least that I was aware of some of the earlier ones, where it's it's a very significant 
part of it, like, the, like a major trope is that the character is overpowered in some way. Right. And that, I enjoyed some of those earlier ones, but that kind of got tired quickly. So the ones that have come later that still have that, but find ways to make that not really matter, mm-hmm. I think are becoming some of my favorites. Yeah. That is a, a common problem with those because they they introduce the main characters overpowered and then they have to keep finding ways to actually make up challenges for them to face that keep the story moving. Yep. And then uh, it just gets more and more ridiculous. Have you seen didn't I say to make my abilities average in the next yes, life? That was, that is a fantastic <laughs> one. And that's one of the first ones I saw where I, it, at least for me that it felt like they were starting to play with that. Yeah. That for, for, for listeners who haven't maybe seen that show, the premise of that one is this character was super, you know, was super smart and successful in school and did all these things and was popular and, and all of this and very athletic, except didn't have any actual friends. And so, like most Isekai protagonists, died young, gets reborn into a world, and then her thing was, I just want to be average. I want to be perfectly average person so that I can live a happy life and have friends. And so God said, sir, you know, we'll, we'll take the, the magic power of, like, a worm and a dragon. You'll be right in the middle, making you several thousand more, times more powerful than the most powerful human mage. Yeah. <laughs> so the entire premise of this show at least from what I saw, I'm sure the property exists longer than the, than the season I watched, but is her being so overpowered, but trying so very hard to hide it from her friends. So that because she, in her head, if they know how powerful she is, she just won't have any friends anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I love that different form of tension that they introduce into that, this whole formula. Right. It, it's, it's definitely I, I i do like the ones where they're in um like the, and they have been there's been several lately where they've introduced like the main character ends up having no power but someone who like comes with them or something has all the power so there's been <laughs> been one with their mom comes with them into the oh. world and their mom has all the special abilities and there was one What's, I haven't okay. watched this season, but their sister has all the special abilities, and they don't. Okay, what, what's the the? Do you know the name of the one with with the mom? Because I have not heard of that. Either. That one is like, you won't believe my mom's two hit combo kill or something like that. That is an amazing name for that too. Yeah, that one is only available subtitled. I've watched most of the first season, I think. Uh, and then the other one was the one that just came out this season was something like, you know, my sister is OP or something really basic like that. My sister is so OP and the main character has no skills and his sister gets all the skills. Okay. Have I talked to you? I know I've talked to somebody and I want to say it was on the show, but maybe not about campfire cooking in another world with my yeah, you, you, yeah i know you, you've talked about it <laughs> okay that, that one kind of follows in that same sort of vein where the main character's ability he does get an ability like he gets and this one he doesn't 
die, I don't think. It's like him and several other people from Earth get summoned to this fantasy world to be heroes. And then this kingdom does some like magic scan on everybody to see what their powers are. And one person gets to be a paladin and he runs off and someone's a powerful sorcerer and she runs off. And then they get to him and like, your power is online grocery. And they just <laughs> hand him a bag of money and kick him out. Yeah. And, and then he discovers like his entire power is just that he can order groceries from a Japanese grocery store or whatever they have. So he'll buy like grills and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and so his, what ends up happening is he's just gets, he cooks food that no one in this world has ever experienced. And that attracts the attention of an incredibly powerful, like demigod wolf who then just starts following him around. And so it's a similar thing where like, he's got a demigod who's just wandering around with him because the demigod is hungry and he just needs to like, he's trying very hard to just have like a casual, like life in fantasy world life and go do a little bit of hunting and maybe a quest or two just to get some money to, and this trying to mitigate this hungry, incredibly powerful wolf is it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've never watched that one. I might have to give it a try. I Have you ever watched Konosuba? I've heard of it, but I have not watched it. That is one I, I recommend. And that's one where it, it's another one where it took the, you know, the strong protagonist and turned it completely upside down where the, the main character comes in with no special abilities whatsoever. He is like F rank and pretty much bottom of the barrel at everything and like when he goes to register at the adventurer's guild they recommend that he become a merchant instead because he's a <laughs> <laughs> and they form like the worst adventuring party out there even though when he he gets his one his one wish his one grant from god when he's being reincarnated and he actually asks the goddess to come with him but she is totally useless <laughs> That's amazing. So they form the they, they form the most useless adventuring party ever. They have the paladin who can't hit anything. The the priest who does party tricks instead of actually casting spells, the, the goddess priestess, the wizard who knows exactly one spell and can cast it once a day, and <laughs> him who has like no skills whatsoever. <laughs> okay, I gotta watch that. Yeah, they just released uh, a third season, which is actually a prequel that um, document or uh, covers the uh, the wizard um, going to school and becoming an adventurer and her story, uh, which was really cute. But it's uh, that is a very funny show, and it really does. It, it takes that whole uh, there is no overpowered hero in this story. Uh, he. He, the only skill he is good at, he has a high luck skill, which even that ends up going against him because, like, he learns, <laughs> he eventually learns how to steal, uh, use the steal skill, and his luck is so high, instead of stealing anything useful, he steals panties when he uses a steal oh skill. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, it, that is that is one of the one of the first ones where they really take the you know the main character is not overpowered and is just 
yeah kind of pathetic yeah and that one it, it's, it's like they just all the way they went all the way with yeah, it rather than they did playing yeah. with the convention or somewhere where it's like well it's not him he's just standing next to the overpowered person yeah no they really went all the way the whole the whole group of them is pretty much pathetic and they like live in stables because they can't afford a they, they can't make enough money adventuring to afford a place to live okay yep i'm gonna check that one out that's cool uh, and, and another one that i talk about a lot but i'm gonna talk about it again i don't know if you've talked to you about it but if you watch restaurant to another world i've watched some of it it didn't turn out to be my okay. thing that's that's totally fair yeah well, for for me, I love it because it's it's a great combination of food and like some isekai things. Only it's more of a, a reverse isekai, if it makes sense. Like the premise is there's this Western restaurant in Tokyo that one day a week, <laughs> rather than people, rather than the door opening to Tokyo and having people in Tokyo come into the restaurant, it opens into this fantasy world, and all of these fantasy people come eat at this earth restaurant and this is just a thing that like he knows he inherited this from the person before it's just they have menus in different languages that correspond to the different languages in this fantasy world and it i like i like the show because in fairness especially the first episode the second episode has some character development the first episode first season has very little specific character arcs because there's not a lot of repeat characters most Mm -hmm. of yeah, Most I didn't of, make it through the first season, so maybe that yeah. changes later on. But it just yeah, it, it kind of felt a little repetitive for me, where they just went to the someone shows up, they go through the cooking scene, mm-hmm. they do a short little story, and then it repeats again. Yeah. Which is totally fair. Like one of the things I loved about that was I loved the world building that they did in in the the first season, where it's just random things, where there's just and each each it, it's the same roughly half hour episodes as most animes but then it's split in half and so there's like two vignettes every episode for the whole first season no real connection a couple of repeats and that's about it the second starts to have a little more story about the restaurant itself starts to have a little more story some some of these characters who are meeting who are continents apart in this fantasy world but like meet up at this restaurant and start to develop like political movements or things going on in their world or but I love the, like the little world building things of like the merchant who discovers spaghetti at this restaurant and then devotes his life to finding the right grain in his own world to replicate this dish or the, the lizard man village where every once a week they all compete to see, you know, in, in Olympic games sort of thing to see who's the most fit and they get to go to the restaurant and order food and eat a dish and then bring, le- you know, and then order uh, get it to go order for the rest of the village to share. And I loved that. But again, there's no character stuff going on. It's world building, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, it it, it was a really interesting concept. I can definitely see where some people would like it. It just wasn't my um, thing. I uh, had a thought while you were talking and now it has totally left my, (laughs) it has left the station. And uh, let me see if I can, I can bring it back while, while I am trying to, get that thought back i you know i i definitely have to mention my favorite show of all time which is uh reincarnated as a slime 
I have talked about mm-hmm. it before on the show. And um, it, it, there's two seasons to the anime. There is something like 22 light novels, which I have read all the ones available in English and the bad auto translations of the <laughs> ones not available in English. Nice. That is a really cool show. Yeah. Uh, I have made a deck with proxies for all the characters for magic characters. The deck is completely awful because I stuck with the flavor over... I, I went with mechanical matches over uh, playability more, and uh, it has never come within sniffing <laughs> distance of winning a game. So I don't. I haven't really played it very much. And I, I kind of need to take it apart because it has... It has a perfect five-color mana base in it, which I can use <laughs> in another deck that's actually good. Yeah, a deck that can like actually take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But uh, yeah, so I mean, and, and that for people who haven't seen it, uh, this is another isekai. Uh, follows the kind of story of a guy who gets stabbed saving a, a friend from a, a guy and gets reincarnated into another world as just a slime creature. But while he's going through the process of getting reincarnated, he, he's talking to himself about, you know, how much it hurts and how much it, it, he's getting cold. And then he gets hot and he, and the, the process of reincarnating was interpreting that as like all these things going on. So he gets all these resistances and everything you know, the pain and cold and heat and everything. So he comes out like super powerful for a slime. And it's definitely one of those ones where the main character is very powerful, uh, mm-hmm. especially as you get further into the books. And it's also one of those ones where they keep having to come up with more and more ridiculous uh, storytelling to come up with challenges for the main character because he's so powerful. Yeah. So one thing I like, I've watched the animes. I haven't gone any further than, than where the anime is up to. But one thing I, I really like, and this, I like this show a lot. That's that's one of my one of my favorites, but it's lower down the list for me, I think. But I really like how th- that's another one where it's like he's very powerful, but not all of his challenges are straight power contests. There's a lot of like he works and helps to build this village, and then there's these things, and then there's these different threats, and there's this political stuff going on that he has to maneuver, and and things like that that he can't just power his way through. Yeah, there is a lot of that, and the the, the like village building is one of the big things, and you know he he makes this multicultural monster utopia country out of nothing, where it's like everybody can live and work together and they're friendly with humans and stuff out of like, well, stop eating each other and, you know, stop fighting each other and maybe you can do something or start building things rather than, you know, fighting each other constantly. And pretty much his whole goal through the thing is he wants to, he, he wants to basically be able to settle down, have a good life and be happy. And he will do whatever it takes to be, have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and if that means if that means conquering the world so he can settle down and be happy, <laughs> then he's willing to conquer the world to do that. Okay, okay, okay. Here's Hobbs. Uh, I have to jump in here for a second. Uh, I'm I'm editing this right now, and I just heard this great line about how this character basically will do whatever is needed, even if that means destroying the world, basically to have a nice place to settle down. Wow. 
neither Alex nor Taya decided at this point to mention Nicol Bolas, who basically was the doing the same thing. That's all. Back to your show. I just want you to know that. Yeah. And and along the way, like he he builds this found family that become important to his vision of the future. Yeah. And and I do remember the I remember what I was gonna talk about before is when you mentioned the the um restaurant to another world being a reverse isekai, I was gonna mention um one of my uh probably my favorite reverse isekai. Have you ever seen a isekai quartet? No, I haven't. So uh, this takes all the characters from four uh, and they, it's actually it's expanded to a bit more than that in the second season, the four um popular isekais and brings them back into like a fantasy real world setting where they're all summoned into a classroom setting. So it, it takes it becomes a school anime where they're <laughs> imprisoned in this school anime together. Okay. And and the it's it's all the characters. So it's it's the characters from Overlord, uh, Tanya the Evil, I think Kanasuba and resub and they added uh legend of the shield hero the for season two but it's all the characters from these stories are brought together into like a real world classroom setting (laughs) okay and it's really amusing they're they're like 10 minute episodes or 15 minute episodes or shorter episodes it's really funny um, it's all chibi style animation. So, but it's like isekai then reverse isekai. So the four people, the four people that were isekai, all figure out eventually, you know, that they've been like isekai together. But their their minions or their their co characters from the isekais that are now back out into the like modern Japan. All have no idea what the hell is going. On. <laughs> okay, that sounds cool. I'll have, to, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, which which reminds me of one I hadn't thought of before. But um, have you seen Gate? I did see Gate after you were, after you discussed it on the last okay. episode. I watched it. Yeah, because that's one, and I, I'm really curious what you think. But just a quick like preview or, or description of what it is. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, after like the quick description, uh, it's basically a gate to a fantasy realm opens in the middle of Tokyo, and a fantasy uh, army comes and attacks and kills a bunch of people in Tokyo, but immediately uh, gets driven back. And then, of course, you know the um, Japanese Self Defense Force goes through the portal and can easily massacre everybody on the other side because they don't have any modern weapons. Yeah, they're they're bringing tanks and jets through this portal. Yeah, into this fantasy world, and and then it becomes kind of a you know political drama between the the kingdoms on the other side of the portal and Japan and the rest of the world. You know, on Earth you know, dealing with Japan and they want access to the portal because they want to exploit the resources on the other side. And, you know, it focuses on, you know, a specific member of the Japanese self-defense force um, who just wants to return to his normal life of playing video games and watching anime. Uh, <laughs> a, uh, a, a, a very, oh man. 
I understand that. <laughs> like, I yeah. get that. I, I get that. Very yeah. sympathetic. So he was pretty much, he would have been like, he would have been like army reserves basically mm -hmm. and gets called back to active duty after this portal opens. Yeah. In fact, if, if I remember correctly, wasn't he going to one of the like big convention it, anime? Yeah. He anime got convention or something. To an anime convention. Yeah. And yeah. he had to, yeah. But like, I love one of the things that for me was super interesting. He said, it's, it's a lot of the political stuff when they get into the fantasy world and, and basically establish very quickly and conclusively to the people there, we have overwhelming firepower and it's the, it becomes sort of a, a an examination, some part of it. There's a bunch of other stuff going on, including a bunch of goofy hijinks, but some part of it is an examination of how do you responsibly use power when you have so much more than the people around you. And in a, it, I was not expecting that just from a media that I'm used to consuming Western media that I'm used to consuming. Um, and there's even like a little reference at one point in the show talking about how the humans that are in this world must've come from a different world. And then the gate eventually closed. And I honestly thought that was going to be a major thing, but I'll just say that wasn't as big as I thought there was a lot more yeah. other things going on. And I, I really liked what they did with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a definitely a good series. I think it's on Hulu. Uh, if you like more modern uh, stuff, that uh, it definitely was worth watching. It's a good mix of you know modern political drama with fantasy aspects. Uh, it was definitely not like anything else uh, I've seen anime wise. Yeah. So I, I definitely, I, I will give it props for that as it's, it's in a very crowded market. It's, it is absolutely an isekai, but it is completely different from everything else in that genre. Mm -hmm. Really, really found. And I think some too, now that I think about like, there's a lot of, urban fantasy sort of stuff that I consume kind of from a Western angle and a big convention there, which is not universal anymore. And it's kind of breaking down to some degrees, but a big convention there is that it's it, the other world is secret. The vampires, the fae, the, you know, the, the wizards, whatever that mm -hmm. world is, is a secret world and you can't let anybody know. And it's a big plot point that that's just stay secret the whole time. And gate it's immediate, like within the yeah. first 20 minutes of the show, the fantasy world and the modern world, meet each other in blood and then it just kind of goes from there everybody's aware that it, the other sides exist and that it's dealing with the ramifications of that mm -hmm. yeah um yeah right. it's, it's, i've i've one more show well kind of one more east guy that's, that's really big for me and I, I talked about this a little bit it's ascendance of a bookworm Oh yeah, that's a good. You see show. That, that that is the show that I watched the whole show, watched all that was available, went and read all the books, at least the English ones. I I I'm I haven't gone quite as far to to read the stuff that is hasn't been translated yet, but I've followed that show for well the the books now for for years, and I I love that show. <laughs> basically a a bibliophile a, a girl who's just obsessed with books to wants to become a librarian like most isekai dies in the beginning the suggestion in the anime which is straight up said in the text of the light novels i believe is that she was crushed by a bookshelf falling on her 
gets reborn into a world, a, a sort of European fantasy level technology world where books only exist as incredibly, incredibly expensive things that only rich people can own. And she's the daughter, very young daughter of a poor soldier and has no access to books. And it's kind of her determination to, well, if there's no books that I have access to, I'm going to make my own. Mm -hmm. And I love that. (laughs) Someone who does a lot of reading and things like, I love a lot of her stuff. And this is one too, where this is an isekai where in a way she has like, she's overpowered, but that is just all of her knowledge. Of, right, it's all of her knowledge. Well, she also is extremely powerful. Well, magically, she is also which, extremely powerful, which is um, very bad for her because commoners mm-hmm. aren't supposed to have that power either. So it constantly yeah. is—it's constantly getting her into trouble in that world. Yes, and 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 is like an actual physical threat. To her. Yes. Like there's yes, there's a lot going on with that, but it's it's I love that show. That that is that is yeah. up there for me. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. Uh, I, I I do want to. We've talked about a lot of isekais. I do want to make sure that I um, talk about at least one anime that's not an isekai today uh, that I really enjoyed, which is uh, uh, Sleepy Princess in the Demon Realm. Have you watched Ooh, that one? No. So this was really. I don't know if that's the exact title. I can't remember, but this one was from last year and it's a single season and it's the, you know, the, the human realm and the demon realm coexist in this world. And the demon King kidnaps the princess of the human realm for some unknown reason. And she ends up basically running the demon realm, the (laughs) demon King's castle uh, okay. She has no, you know, no chill whatsoever. She just, <laughs> this little girl, is, you know, starts taking over the whole place. And it is, it's cute. It's hilarious. It is a really great show. That's awesome. That's to, to one, and one. Like all she wants to do is make herself comfortable. Like the whole thing starts out as she doesn't like <laughs> She's in her prison cell and she doesn't like the bedding and, and the the pillow she's in. So she wants the she she wants better bedding. So she goes out and starts hunting down better bedding. And then from there, it basically like you know she starts taking things into her own hands and pretty much <laughs> takes over the place. That's awesome. So it's a quick non-anime thing. That that reminds me of a of a book I read a few years ago that I just I love by Carrie Vaughn. One of the I don't know about weird things, but sort of weird things that I love. I love superhero fiction. Like I love reading novels that are superhero novels. And she wrote a book called, I think it was After the Golden Age. Yeah, that's the first one in the series. So the main character is the daughter of the world's two greatest super uh, superheroes, but she has no powers. So she gets kidnapped a lot. And the opening scene of this book is some petty villains just kidnapped her to try to, to get ransom. And they're so bad at it, she starts to give them tips. <laughs> it's super great. Um, I guess there one one non isekai anime I would like to talk about that I think I've talked at least briefly about a few other of my favorites, but one I don't think I've talked about at all is called My Love Story. I haven't heard of this one. Number of years ago, 
I really enjoy this. It's it's a fun ro- romantic anime. It's but one of the things that I love the most about it, it's this really weird thing of of how fiction can just kind of you see yourself in the weirdest ways in fiction sometimes. So the main character, or the the two main like r- the romantic couple, there's a a friend of the guy who was kind of part of getting the two of them together, but through the show like he there's a very strong friendship between him this this other friend and both members of this couple to a point where like it's just it's a really important part of their group a really important part of the dynamic there's a point where the the woman who doesn't know who did know him to begin with is like very adamant that they're together going to do some some stuff for this other guy's birthday because he is so such an important person to both of them and it's well none of those three characters are anything like me and and my best friend and his wife that relationship between the three of them is like the exact relationship i have with those two where my known known my friend for a very long time two-thirds of our lives at least met his wife much later in life but her and i have a have a relationship ourselves outside of just the relationship i have with him and so i see kind of see us in that same relationship and i i love that a it's just a fun romantic uh, relation anime and but i i love that there's this representation of like not the the third wheel being like a good thing like this this person who's close to both people and that is important to all of them Mm. Mm mm-hmm yeah, there's there's a lot of I of good romantic animes too. A lot of a lot of good cute ones as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of in that that cute range. They're I think they're all high schoolers through the whole thing. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot. Of, I mean, that's animes sort of thing. Yeah, right? that's anime. It doesn't matter it's, if they're saving the world or yeah you know, a romance thing. It's always high schoolers for some reason. Yeah, but it's a lot of things like they're, you know, have an episode where they all go to the theme park and they make sure the other guy comes with. I think that was one in particular where he was trying to make himself scarce because like, no, no, you two do something together. Like, no, you're important to us both. You're coming with us. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I have not seen that (laughs) one, but that one sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool pretty good discussion you know i hope yeah. i hope we haven't lost lost y'all while we've been nerding out about anime here yeah so uh, i would love to see um some universes beyond anime oh yeah products that would be really cool if, if magic really brings in the anime uh, rather than just a few cards here and there Let, let's get them to actually bring in some anime products Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's some I think that fit could fit really well. Didn't talk about a lot. Full Metal Alchemist is one of my favorites. That oh, is yeah. an anime doing like a European fantasy. Yeah, there's a lot in there that could fit well. Any number of the uh, you know stuck in a video game variants could probably fit pretty well. Yeah, right. There's just so many of them. Obviously, I would like die screaming for a reincarnate as a slime mm-hmm. anime you know universes beyond set but even a popular one like i 
I don't I don't have time to watch 900 plus episodes or whatever, so I've never like gotten into <laughs> One Piece. But even if they like did like a One Piece crossover, I'd be really happy for the people that did love that. Oh yeah, I mean, and and if nothing else, like One Piece has, and again, I've watched maybe a hundred episodes. I'm at the beginning of that show, but it's got some incredible character designs. Yeah. So yeah, I would be like I was with 40k. It's like I knew very little about the start of it, but by the end, you know, when the cards came out and I watched people get excited about it, I got excited about it, and I'm like, okay, cool. I can see how these fit together. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks everyone, and uh, we'll we'll be back. We've got some some cool stuff coming up. And that's our show for today. You can find all of the hosts on Twitter for now. Hobbs can be found at Hobbs Q. Tay can be found at Taya Transcends, and Alex can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to the Goblin Lore Pod on Twitter, or email us at goblinlorepodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, our link tree can be found on our Twitter account and in the description of today's show. This has everything from various discount codes to the link for our Patreon. The music for today's show was by Vintergotten, who can be found at Vintergotten at Bandcamp.com. The art was done by Stephen Raphael, who can be found at Steve Raffel on Twitter. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.